This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. This is the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated G for general audiences. Jake Dimes, range detective in Santa Claus of Bitter Creek, a tale of Christmas in the Old West, starring the Narada Radio Company. Today we present, as a special holiday gift to our Narada Radio listeners, another Christmas tale of Jake Dimes, the traveling investigator for the Pinkelson Detective Agency in Celestial City, USA. And we can't have a Jake Dimes story without Briar Buck, his jolly sidekick, can we? The events in this story take place after the storyline in our earlier serial. As our story opens, Jake and his wife Chris, Briar Buck and his wife Molly and rancher Fred Greenslate are spending Christmas at Greenslate's Rolling End Ranch outside the town of Prickly Pear, Arizona. A rare snowstorm has everybody socked in, and the folks have decided to entertain each other with holiday stories and poems. And I heard him exclaim ere he drove out of sight, Happy Christmas to all, and to all a good night. Oh, oh, oh wow. <laughs> oh, my, Mrs. Buck, that was a fine poem. Was that of your own composition? Oh, heavens to Betsy, no, Mr. Greenslate. That's a poem that's been pretty popular back east for a number of years. Written by a minister, I recollect. Name a more. Well, I think it's wonderful. Such lovely imagery of the man watching St. Nicholas bringing gifts to everybody. Am I actually to believe, Father, that you've never heard this poem before? Oh, I'll thank you to keep in mind, daughter, that the territory of Arizona is a far cry from the seats of learning in New York and elsewhere. Your Paul's right, Chris. I've been pertinent all over the Southwest, and I ain't never heard of it. How about you, Buck? Well... It seems to me that when I was stuck in a Union prison camp during the war in northern aggression, I heard one or two Yankee soldiers are reciting some words like to what Molly was just saying. Well, it's a mighty fine poem for the Christmas holiday, Miss Molly, all the same. I thank you for it. My pleasure, Mr. Greenslate. It was a boyhood favorite of my son Slim, I recall. Say, where is Slim, Molly? I thought he were joining us for the festivities. Oh, I think this snowstorm has forced him to cancel his plans. I don't blame him. Tain't a fit night out for man or beast. We can go over to the D-Bar D tomorrow, maybe, and see him. 
Well, all right then. Who's next? Next? Oh, I know what you mean, Miss Molly. Who's next to tell a story? Exactly. So, how about you, Fred? Me? Me? Oh, oh, I, uh, I'm, I, I'm, a, I'm afraid I don't know any. <laughs> oh, you'll never get my dad to stand up in front of people and tell a story. He can run a huge ranch and boss people around all day, but ask him to speak to any sort of gathering and he gets tongue-tied. <laughs> Everybody has certain strengths and weaknesses, daughter. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, does uh, anybody want more eggnog, Lupe? See, si, Senor Greenslade, you want more nog of the egg? Yes, please. Now, Dad, it's Christmas Eve. Lupe has the night off. If anybody wants something, well, I'll get it. Gracias, Senorita Chris. Oh, I'm all right. Well, I got a pretty nice story. If anybody wants to hear it. Oh, see, sí. Senor Jakey has the best stories. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a pretty good vote in your favor, Jake. Yes. Go ahead, dear. What story do you have for us? Well, this here's a story I like to call Santa Claus of Bitter Creek. And I'm going to need Buck's help in telling it. Santa Claus of Bitter Creek? You don't mean the story of good old Jeff Mitchell, do you? The very one. Jeff Mitchell? Who was he? Wait a minute now. This isn't going to be one of your 100% true stories, is it, Jake? But it is, Molly. 100%. <laughs> all right, all right. I can't wait to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas Eve on Wyoming's Bitter Creek Range found a stranger loping steady through the deepening snow towards Hill City and escape. Now this were Jeff Mitchell, who I mentioned earlier. Jeff was tall, with dark, hungry eyes burning out of a lean brown face. As Jeff rounded a sharp corner in the trail, his rangy black mare Sable nearly knocked down a little feller plodding through the drifts. Hi there, bud. Whoa there, Sable gal. Hi there yourself. Whoops! Ah! Uh, kind of cold sitting in the snow, ain't it? Uh-huh. Come on up here with me, bud. <laughs> Looky here now, Sable. Ain't you got no social instincts? Everything's all right, just settle down. Well, you seated comfortable, son? <sighs> Where are you headed to, then? I'm going to town to get my mom a Christmas present. Jeff looked intently at the five-year-old boy sharing his saddle, and a dream he'd buried six years previous rose out of the depths to turn his voice husky. Well, <laughs> I'll be darned. Christmas Eve's kind of late for shopping, ain't it? Yep, but I just got the money for helping old man Benson find a spotted calf. Sure was a job in all this snow, but he gave me a dime, and I gotta get Ma something good. Why, sure, you bet. Something grand for a feller's ma. <clears throat> Old Jeff Mitchell squinted suddenly with the thought that his own son, if he'd lived, wouldn't have been much bigger than this little old feller. Bud looked up at Jeff with his big blue eyes and said, You heading to town, mister? You bet. What you gonna do? Get plastered. Get what? Pie-eyed. Stinkeroo. What for? Disculpe, Senor Buck. Get what? He was going to get plastered, Miss Lupe. Gay? 
embriagada, Lupe. Oh, drunk. Sí, entiendo. Right. So this cowpuncher looked at the little feller and tried to explain, but he ended up saying, It's a long story, bud. Tell me. But Jeff hemmed and hauled and couldn't say nothing. How could he tell this little button about six years of running from Christmas? How could he explain how he was scared of greeting the Yuletide without a bottle in his hand? He hated Christmas. He hated himself for running from it. But he couldn't help it. He... He... Oh, dang it all. You tell it, Jake. All right. Jeff had hated Christmas for about six years, on account it was six years previous that his wife and their newborn baby had died on Christmas Eve. Oh, my. Oh, how terrible. Yep. He'd buried them and then had pulled out, leaving his ranch in the hands of a reliable foreman and had been wandering aimlessly ever since. But now, Jeff looked out at them big old snowflakes, softly falling and at them pines with their branches heavily laden, and said to the little feller with a catch in his voice, uh, ain't this snow purty? Yeah, it sure is purty. You know, I ain't done no Christmas shopping for a long time. What do you say? But Jeff hesitated. Maybe this independent young feller didn't want no help. Maybe he'd have friends in town or relations. And a drifting, whiskey-drinking cowpuncher had better just keep on drifting. And so Jeff kept his hands in his pockets and his mind on a drink, and Sable kept on eloping towards town. Hill City, with all its excited occupants, its two stores and its three saloons, was soon reached. Jeff Mitchell asked an hombre the way to the livery stable, and then offered to set his little old compadre down at the store. Well, I'll help you put your horse up if you'll help me get my ma's present. I just don't know what a feller ought to get his ma. Well, that's a fair enough bargain, partner. What say we get Sable here a box of sugar lumps for her Christmas present? She's an awful old beggar, but I promise to get her something. Sure, I'll hold her while you get it. Now, Jeff knew dang well that his mare would stand until she starved awaiting for him. But he didn't let the kid know this. He strode into the bustling store, and while he was making his purchases, he watched the boy through the window. <laughs> he was such a little squirt, gripping the reins of the horse with a wide-eyed confidence. And he had asked Jeff for help. Suddenly... Jeff grinned from ear to ear. <laughs> a Christmas spirit he thought long dead came to life and ran away with him. Oh, oh. my goodness. Oh, how wonderful. Oh. Now, when Sable had been shown to her stall in the livery stable and permitted to see and sample her Christmas present, the two pilgrims set out to see what could be done for Bud's ma. Confusion was everywhere. Horses and buckboards filled the streets. Everybody was shouting out, Merry Christmas. Pink-cheeked women hurried in and out of the stores, while red-nosed cowpunchers lounged in and out of the saloons. Jeff stared a mite at a particular group of cowpokes heading into Mac's place, and he wet his dry lips with his tongue. The little feller Bud, now that he was in town, so close to the stores, was even more enthusiastic. He had been babbling about things he might get his ma and asking questions that went unanswered. Suddenly Jeff smiled, thinking of the dime the boy had earned. 
He shoved the kid into the big general store, saying, Sounds to me like you got one of them champagne appetites and a beer pocketbook. <laughs> they had time to look over everything in the store before old Mike Gabby, the proprietor, came over to help. The boy pointed to a beautiful handmade cedar chest and said, How much is that? Why, that'll cost you only a nickel. Huh? Um, uh, <clears throat> yep, that's right. Just a nickel. Things, uh, <laughs> things sure have come down in price lately. That leaves you a nickel, bud. What else do you have? Well, let's see. Mommy cut down a tree yesterday, but we ain't got nothing to put on it. Maybe I can get some of them doodaddies. You know, women like to have things purty. What about your dad, bud? Ain't you gonna get him something? Uh, you ought to have some candy and nuts and stuff. Look over there and pick out something nice. His dad's dead, son. Got bad hurt in the slide last year. They used up every cent they had to save him, but he didn't make it. Huh. <clears throat> well, I reckon we ought to get a penny's worth of candy, about five or ten pounds mixed, and be sure to give us some of all mixed. And we'll have another penny's worth of mixed nuts, about the same amount, and we'll have a couple dozen oranges and some bananas, if you got them, and a big box of chocolates for your ma, huh, bud? And a gob of popcorn and cranberries to string on the tree. And we'll take a penny's worth of them trinkets and candles, and that gold and silver braid stuff, and some of them bells. That about finishes the dime, bud. Is there anything else you want? Gosh, no. How are we gonna get all this home? Um, well, uh, <laughs> Jim Bailey's up the street a ways with his buckboard. He'll take you home. Big-hearted Jim Bailey was more than glad to take the kid home. His eyes were astonished when he saw the cedar chest, and he shot a quick glance to Jeff Mitchell. All this stuff for the boy? Jeff's face turned a deep red, and all he said was, Give me a hand here. Gosh, I'll bet Ma doesn't know that you can get all this stuff for a dime. <laughs> I bet you wouldn't either if you ever seen a dime before. And besides that, I bet your Ma don't even know where you are. <laughs> we better get to getting. and his dime's worth of purchases were started off to home, Jeff turned back into the store. Old Mike Gabby met him at the door and said, Son, I could hug you till... Knock it off, Dad, and come and wait on me. I ain't through with my Christmas shopping yet. Oh, oh, say, feller, I got something here that's awfully good for your Christmas spirit. Shall I pour you a slug? Um, well, now, um, uh, thanks, Mike, but... I ain't got time. I better wait till I get everything else done and then go at it slow and thorough. Now, after an hour or so of careful selection, Jeff went out after his horse. Dusk was gathering, and when he came back to the store, he cut a length of his rope and took it inside. Here, Mike, we can strap everything on with this. You bring the sled, and I'll take the pack. After a lot of planning and rearranging, the two got the bundle tied securely on the big old shiny flyer sled, and then fastening the end of his lariat to the sled like a tow rope, took a couple of dallies around the saddle horn and swung up. Old Mike come up and placed an affectionate hand on Jeff's knee. Boy, I don't know what to say to you. You've got enough stuff to last a family of ten for a year. All kinds of clothes, toys galore, a little saddle for the kid, and 
every book and fancy knickknack I had for his mother. Now, this boy and his ma are the finest kind of folks, and they've sure had tough luck. I wish I could thank you, but I... Oh, lay off, Dad. If I'd have known you was going to act like this, I'd have gagged you. Oh, um... Uh, well, uh, this sure is a fine-looking horse. <laughs> yep. Only female I ever found who don't talk back. Uh, you got the directions I wrote down for you? Okay, safe travels then. <laughs> First time I ever played Santa Claus. <laughs> well, sable old gal, I reckon you'll have to sprout a pair of horns and change your name to Blitzen. And I'll have to cultivate a crop of whiskers. <laughs> we'll have to get us a job riding lion, though, or Santy's going broke. And I'm darn near starved. The cabin in the little clearing looked like a doll's house, under its load of snow. Its windows like tiny lamps in the darkness. It was built neatly on a slope, with steps and a small landing before the plank door. Hmm, I reckon there ain't no dogs out here to bother me. I'll just peep in at the window, see if the boy made it home all right. Inside the cabin, Jeff seen little old Bud and his ma laughing and gabbing as they decorated their Christmas tree. The blaze in the fireplace looked mighty inviting. The cedar chest was still in the middle of the floor, and on a table within reach of the tree was dishes full of candy, nuts, and fruit. And there was a little old dog sitting beside the table and looking from the folks to the dishes like he was hoping to get some of it. As Jeff gazed in on the homey scene, he felt a lump in his throat. This could have been his life, he thought, if only, if only. The cowpuncher cursed his luck and felt his emotions getting the better of him. So he turned away from the window, thinking only of getting away, just leaving his bundle of gifts on the stoop and riding off. He lunged for the steps, only to feel one of them giving way under his weight. He felt himself falling and didn't have time to grab at anything for support. He landed upside down in the drift at the bottom. Oh my! Meal. <laughs> oh, hey, we're all right, folks. Tell them what happens next, Jake, old pal. Well, that little dog heard the commotion and took up to yapping something fierce, which made the woman scream and the kid yell, and outside, poor old Sable, stiff-legged and terrified, Pertnier sat down on Jeff's bundle of presents. <laughs> then the door flew open wide, and the dog, the kid, and the woman all rushed out to see what was the matter. In the full light of the doorway... They watched the stranger struggle into a sitting position, find his hat, and jam it down vicious-like onto his head. Oh. <laughs> that dang step needs fixing. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> the cowpuncher knew, too. They needed a man around the homestead. Jeff got to his feet and somehow found the grin he'd lost in the snowdrift. He made a careless gesture over toward the bundle of goodies. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, uh, brought a little something for the kid. Oh, my. This is so generous. Oh, my. I, I just can't. I, 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 I don't have the words. I, I can't. And before Jeff even knew how it happened, he found himself sitting in front of the fire in that nice warm cabin, eating a piece of candy, 
and no longer wishing he had time to get drunk. When the bundle was opened, the woman failed utterly to find the words to thank him. She just looked at him for a long time. Jeff, he kind of guessed maybe some of his loneliness was sticking out around the edges on account of, she said, unexpected like. Spend Christmas with us. Jeff sailed his hat across the room where it settled with a permanent looking kind of dangle on the deer horns hanging above the cabin door. He grinned at the woman and the kid and said, I reckon I'll fix that busted step in the morning. was wonderful. That did my heart mighty good, boys. <laughs> Senor Jake, Senor Buck, esa fue una historia hermosa. <laughs> Yay! Why, that was uh, <clears throat> a fine tale, gentlemen. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Mr. Greenslate, sir. And as old Jake likes to say, I know. And it was 100% true. What's 100% true? Slim! Slim Sutcliffe! Oh, my boy, come and kiss your mother. You foolish, reckless boy. What do you mean, coming out here in the storm? The storm stopped a little while ago, Ma. <gasps> oh, look! Senor Sutcliffe, he's right. So I decided to brave the drifts and come out. Did I miss anything? (laughs) (laughs) Not much. So now, who's next? Well, I don't know many stories, but how about a carol? I'd love for us to all sing together. Oh, what can we sing? sing? Oh, come all ye faithful. Joyful Joyful and and triumphant, That was Santa Claus of Bitter Creek, a Jake Dimes Christmas number, adapted from a short story by A.C. Abbott and directed by Pete Lutz. Our cast consisted of the following players. Dana Gonsalves as Jake Dimes, Victoria Fonsky as Chris Greenslate Dimes, Austin Beach as Briar Buck, Nancy Bueller as Molly Sutcliffe Buck, Joe Stavko as Fred Greenslate, Glenn Haskell as Slim Sutcliffe, and Debbie Gonzalez-Ramirez as Lupe, with Philboyd Studge as Jeff Mitchell, Isla Brawley as Bud, Pete Lutz as Mike Gabby, Paul Patterson as Jim Bailey, and Lisa Michaud as Bud's mother. The Jake Dimes theme was composed by Pete Lutz, arranged and performed by Dr. Ross Bernhardt. Additional music for this production was also composed and performed by Dr. Bernhardt. This is Stumpy Whistlebritches speaking. On behalf of our director and the entire Narada Radio Company, I wish you a very happy holiday season.
63 audio. This is mutual.